I'm here talking to Kendall. I'm here talking to Annie. Kendall's story. Today, I'm talking about British killer Malcolm Webster. Content warnings are child death, and we talk about Abu Dhabi, but we neglect to mention the Sex in the City movie and Lawrence of Mylabia. You can follow us on Instagram at Tell No One Podcast or drop us an email at tellnoonepod at gmail.com. Sources are in the show notes. Everything is alleged, but this is definitely Tell No One. Enjoy. a crazy dude <sighs> a man with a lifetime of inappropriate unacceptable behavior a life a man of crime malcolm webster he's a brit he was born in london in 1959 with his twin sister his parents were uptight and cold but they are english english um but in all accounts normal like nothing too crazy um his dad alexander webster was a fraud detective and was scottish actually malcolm and caroline were the twins but they had another brother named ian and here's the thing about alexander the dad he was adamant that his whole family the three kids and the wife had to completely evacuate the home every time he shot oh no dude (laughs) even in the winter dude no the wife would bundle all the kids up and take them on a walk around the block while dad had to to poop. poop Yeah. Oh, what happened to him, do you think? I don't know, but he, even in adulthood, like when Malcolm would come and visit, like for the holidays, yeah, they would out. still, as 30 year old, like adults, have to leave the house with their dad's well, shit. Well, the idea that the, his wife, her whole, whole life, life doing evacuating that. the home yeah. every, once a day, sometimes three. <gasps> <laughs> no. Mm hmm. Damn. Okay. The children were not allowed to speak at the table unless they were directly asked a question. Wow. So Malcolm was a loner. He to get attention from like his family and kids in school, he would fake fainting and like just random medical conditions. Um, He would tell people he was dyslexic, even though he wasn't like just for attention. By the time he was seven, guess what his nickname was? Smelly. Little Johnny lights fires. No, it was pyro. Just pyro. pyro, Flat out. Right on the nose. We don't have any time to fuck around. Pyro, dude. Yeah. Wow. Seven. Seven. The fuck are you lighting on fire? Trash bins. Rubbish bins. Rubbish bins with nail polish remover. How Mm -hmm. do you even learn that that worked? I don't know. There's no internet. I don't. Yeah. Good point. He also would just tell kids that he had a brain tumor. Um, he didn't. Mm. Uh, he finished school and trained as a nurse. Huh. Yeah. His girlfriend, when he was 15, got pregnant and he asked her to have an abortion, which she did. And the next girl he dated ended up completing suicide. Okay. People looked into it and were like, I think it was just her, honestly. Like, it wasn't sinister, she but... She had depression or yeah. she had... Okay, okay. Oh. And then he started having an affair with a married woman who was eight years older than him. Very cool for her. She... Very cool for him? Ended it and stayed with her husband. Mm. And he decided, like, you know what? I gotta travel. Like, I've got the itch. So when he was 30, he worked in Taiwan Hospital in Abu Dhabi. Okay. Yeah. Um, he uh, before people that, in the UK love Dubai. They love Abu Dhabi. They do love they? that shit. They love sand. Uh, yeah, they don't <laughs> get a lot of sun. He before that he had like traveled around to, like New Zealand, a bunch of different places, but settled in Abu Dhabi to work mm-hmm. as a nurse in a children's ward. Oh, I, you know what though? Like I know we need children need male influence as well, but 
Not this one. Mm, not mine. <laughs> not this one. You are right in this case because within six months he was forced to resign following an investigation into the deaths of three children under his care. Oh, the deaths of children. All three children had been under six and have died of cardiac failure while he was the nurse on duty. Wow. A male angel of death. Kind of. This is the only time he does it. But oh, only the three? Only the three kids. Wow. Maybe. It's never proven. I would love to know what their medical conditions were beforehand. Like, did heart uh, did a heart attack even make sense for them? No, it didn't. Wow. No, it okay. didn't. Okay. It's very unusual for children at the age, because unless they have like a congenital. A defect, yeah. yeah. Which they didn't. But due to Islamic culture that forbid postmortem examinations... And advocated for quick burials. There was no evidence for a we police can't do, uh, investigation, an autopsy or an anything. Autopsy, they yeah. just buried them. Wow, I wonder if that is the same today. I don't know. I'd be interested to find out. Mm-hmm. Leading up to these deaths, he had been found semi-conscious in the hospital after self-injecting himself with insulin. So they suspect he might have done that to the Injected children. Injected the children, yeah. Like he had been experimenting. Oh, is that what you think it was? Like, just experimenting? What Same. will happen to who? Yeah, but you would easily die injecting yourself with insulin. That's a fucking yeah. crazy thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> that is a real crazy thing to do. Yeah. And of all things, like, he's not trying to, like, get high. He's, like, right. just trying to, like, I'm just fucking testing. He's, like, edging. Like, no one's, like, edged before. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So instead of the investigation, he was just kicked out of the country. And it is kind of rumored that his father, who was a senior police officer, used his influence to get his son out of the country. Maybe. So he returned to the UK and he kept working as a fucking nurse. Unbelievable. It is one thing to get your kid out of a problem like that. Mm-hmm. It is another to enable him to do it again. Yeah. To kill you know kids, what I mean? dude. Yeah. Like, it's insane to even just like let him get away with it that three, those three times. Those three measly times. <laughs> those first three times. <laughs> I mean, it must be you're just so, like, believing his shit of being like, it's a misunderstanding. Like, it's just a misunderstanding. Fuck, man. How do you... You're being willfully blind. I mean, it isn't like his dad's fault that he did this shit, but maybe it is. But maybe it is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he kept working as a nurse, and he meets Claire Morris. Claire was adopted by her parents, um, Charles Mm -hmm. and Betty. And she also had a brother who was also adopted. Um, Charles was a surgeon and they were pretty well off as a family. She went to private school, but when she was 15, her father, Charles, died. Um, She decided she wanted to become a nurse. Um, So when she was 29, she was at a friend's party and ran into a one Malcolm Webster. When they first started seeing each other, Betty, her mother, did not like him. He actually, in some way, called her stupid the first time that they met. How? I don't know how. The first time my mother met my dad's parents. Uh Uh-huh. Um, tea time <laughs> my granddad referenced academia 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 and i am dumb like my mommy because <laughs> <laughs> my mom was like oh my god where is that <laughs> i love her to death i love her to death <laughs> academia is el camino babe <laughs> what do you mean where is it it's el camino So they eventually get married in 1993 and moved to Scotland. Claire wanted to start a family, but her family was beginning to notice a change in her. She was becoming more submissive to her husband. How many times do I have to tell everyone? I know. He would correct her grammar and her posture, like in front of people. Yeah, there is like... 
a level of he's trying to humiliate her now. Yeah. He's not even like doing that privately. Like, hey, that doesn't mean that word doesn't mean that. Whatever. Hey, you have a dowager's hump. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no wife of mine's going to stand like that. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, yes, of course. It is one thing to be like, dude, your posture is fucked. <laughs> right. But is another to be like in front of people like. You dummy. You slouching yeah. dummy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like embarrassing her. Yeah. Trying to embarrass her. Yeah. In front of people being like, what did you say? That doesn't mean that. Oh. Fight me. Pretend. Pretend okay. you know what I meant. Mm-hmm. And you do know what I meant. Right. And that's the thing. She complained of feeling tired and strung out. And when friends oh. would call their house, she was always asleep. They'd oh. call it like 7 p.m. And he'd be like, she's asleep for the night. And they'd be like, what? What? the fuck she's like 30 what's going on but she would tell her friends like he's so considerate he bought a lot of life insurance for both of us no i'm not doing this again (laughs) (laughs) i don't know how i find him i i I stumble upon these honestly may 27th 1994 malcolm is working on a report for the hospital that's due early the next day so it's late at night 11 30 p.m and he decides to drive to the hospital now to deliver it no he didn't he says claire says i'll come with you no no she didn't you drugged her and put her in the car okay hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. okay okay warmer okay (laughs) okay on the way he says he forgot something and turned back to the house what could you forget besides the thing you need to do? Like, you don't need anything else besides the, the report. Mm-hmm. You didn't forget shit. But what were you going to bring? Right. Instead of the usual route back, he took back roads. Uh-huh. And while he- So you wanted to get home to grab the thing you forgot. Slow, take Just a scenic nice route. And slow. Yeah. And so he's driving and he's blinded by a motorcyclist's headlight. Don't blame them. Right. He swerves, loses control of the car. Their Jeep goes off the road and hits a tree. He says he's- awake the trees were preventing him from getting to her side of the car so he can't pull her out that way but so he's getting out of his side he's trying he says he's trying to pull her out through the passenger through the driver's side Mm -hmm. but next thing he knows he's smelling gas and he's crawling out of the ditch by himself he doesn't know what happened so a bus driver is driving by and comes upon the accident Uh he sees malcolm crawling up like a little slope but he's not like waving anyone down He's just crawling out of the slope. He's not like, oh, my God, I got in a car accident. Mm -hmm. So the bus driver, Kevin, approaches him and is like, is there anyone else in the car? And he's like, no. (gasps) He says no. Flat out no. He says no. Oh, no, dude. But Kevin is like, I'm going to go to this nearby farm call for help. Yeah. While he's gone, another car drives by. It's a woman named Elizabeth with her boyfriend. She drives past and she can kind of see into the car and she sees a woman unconscious in the seat. Um, but she sees an engine fire start to break out, like oh, no. slowly start to come to fruition. Yep. Um, she assumes that the impact of the crash had knocked the woman unconscious. Of course, you would assume that. So she starts running toward the Jeep to save this woman and it explodes. It bursts into flames before she could get to it. Oh, no. Yeah. Dude, Elizabeth. Trauma city. Yeah, I, how the fuck did he make it blow up? By this time, people are coming out of the scene. Police are coming out of the scene. And he has already told three people that no one else was in the car. Okay, I'm baffled by that. What he says is that he's like, oh, I must have had a concussion. And I didn't know what I was saying. Oh. Yeah. 
So he's telling them, no, no one's in there. So they will not approach the car and get her and out. get her out. Yeah. Later, he'll, they'll be like, why did you say that? He's like, I must have lost my mind. I don't know why. I would wow. Say that. Yeah. But did he not go get any scans done? Did he have a concussion? <laughs> I'm so happy you asked these things. <laughs> so there were um, melted gas cans in the passenger seat. Okay. He was taken to the hospital. Um, he's complaining of severe neck pain, leg pain, concussions. All of his exams come back completely normal. You're fine. He's completely fine. And yet he convinces them that he's so sick he needs to stay in the hospital for a week. And he does. How, dude? He says he must have had a concussion to explain why he said there was no one in the car. He must have like lost his mind. Mm. And they just kind of accept that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he complains of fractures. He tells people he has fractures. He wears a neck brace to the funeral. Wow, a whole show. Her mother, Betty, says to the police that Claire had called her the day before she died to tell her about a close call that her and Malcolm had had a month earlier where they have driven into a ditch. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah. He tried before. Yeah. Or like tested out the route or something. Or it happened and he was like, good idea. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Weeks leading up to her death, she was feeling unwell. Um, the day before she died, she went to a gym class with her friend, Leslie, and said, like, dude, there's something wrong with me. I'm going to go see a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, the same friend after her death was asked to bring clothes to Malcolm in the hospital. So she goes to their house and sees three bottles of hospital meds on the table. They're all ep- epilepsy drugs. Oh um, because Malcolm had also lied about having epilepsy as a child. Pardon? I don't. I don't know. Why would that even be good for you? I don't know. I mean, why would he lie about being dyslexic? Like, what the fuck? Malcolm wept openly at the funeral. The friend Leslie is convinced that this was not an accident and that he had been cheating on her. But she says that when she brought the concerns up to anyone that she was dismissed. Mm. So he receives over 200,000 pounds from life insurance paid out in June 94. And he receives a widower's pension. By that November, he had spent all of it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know what? I wonder. On what? On fucking what? You don't even need makeup. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's not like saving. You know what I mean? Like he's just a nut. Yeah. I think I'm I'm thinking of it as though you had to do one terrible thing in your life to get money to live. Right. But to them, they're like, it didn't feel that bad doing it. Right. I think that's the difference between people who like rob and are like, I feel kind of guilty. I embezzled. Yeah. And like, I killed this woman means to an end i'd do it again tomorrow if i could and i will do it again for right. sure a few weeks after her death he starts dating of course he takes almost every woman he dates to her gravesite fuck you and it's like it was terrible yeah and he's like trying to get like that widower yeah sympathy it's like that sex in the city episode where charlotte meets that guy at his wife's grave <laughs> and then she goes to her memorial and there's like 10 other charlottes there he met a woman named brenda online She's from the U.S. What year are we in? Like 98? 96, 95, 96. Internet? It existed. Okay. You just had to be like super online to be online. Okay, yeah. So he met a woman named Brenda from the United States online. She traveled to Scotland to meet up with him. They were intimate. Oh, oh. August 95 is when she came over. Okay. And she said he was very emotional. Emotional. He was very emotional talking about Claire's death. Like he was like, I heard her screaming. I barely got, got out of the car alive. No, you didn't. You prick <laughs> yeah he was drugging his wife right we'll get into it because that is why he had to blow her up mm-hmm. <laughs> great he gets a um a job selling hospital software to hospitals <laughs> in saudi arabia health records yeah so he moves to saudi arabia 
He says this is because living in the UK was too triggering. Fuck you. Don't talk like us. Yeah. So while he's there, he meets a New Zealand woman named Felicity Drum at a dinner party. Hmm. She was an oncology nurse and was like a hustler, let's say. She saved. She really focused on saving her money. Okay. She told him that she had over 98,000 New Zealand pounds in the bank and was completely debt free. She had paid off her mortgage, everything. She was like on it financial girly yeah dave ramsey type chick okay eight months later he proposes yeah you want my ninety-eight thousand new zealand cronk <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna marry me for my cronks <laughs> where were oh we were in iceland with the cr- cronks <laughs> it was like we were in the airport coming back from iceland and kendall had just taken all the money but iceland has wild um a cab there would be like 80 fucking dollars right. you know so kendall trying to buy a coffee <laughs> we were really fed up with iceland at that point so she was like i think she went up and was like i want a coffee and she threw down all the money she had and was like is this enough and they literally stared no, at me the panic i watched in their eyes behind you then i went to the u.s currency office and traded it in and they're like this is six hundred dollars <laughs> Well, let's cover it. (laughs) Yeah, it was a long two weeks. Okay, so they get married in New Zealand in 1997. Her parents, unlike Betty, really liked him. Um, On their honeymoon, however, he gives her a cup of tea and she sleeps for the next 36 hours straight. What the fuck? Uh huh. She wakes up and says, "Um, why did you let me sleep for a day and a half?" (laughs) (laughs) Or like, were you not worried at all? We only have five nights in the hotel. You let me sleep for two days. Why would that happen, dude? He said, oh, you did wake up. You just went back to sleep. You even had meals with me. Wow. And she was like, oh, shit. I'm sick. Yeah, dude. What mm-hmm. the fuck? Am I even... 30... Think about 36 hours. I can't sleep for seven hours, man. <laughs> um, so when they get home, her fatigue continues. She visits a doctor and she tells him that she's experiencing double vision, headaches, fatigue, and everything tasted bitter. Wow. You're being poisoned, huh? her doctor diagnosed her with like a migraine disorder they're not running blood tests on her at all you know so i looked into this i may be dumb but the doctor said like it's really not normal to run a blood test at this point like you would assume the differential diagnoses you would assume that it was a migraine and treat her for that and if oh she came back a month later still complaining of the same thing it's obviously not that we'd whittle down the list okay, but yeah, like sure. it's super not common for it to be what it eventually was okay but he does call her and say that her liver tests were abnormal okay but she doesn't really do anything with that information. They just move to Scotland together. Oh. And while they're moving, she finds out that she's pregnant. He was not happy at first. Um, told her it was like a bad time. But eventually he came around and he said that he really wanted a son. I <laughs> bet you do. So throughout her marriage, she would sleep often and slur her words. Um, why are you doing that? <laughs> you don't wonder why you're doing that? <laughs> But also, like, is it because I'm pregnant? Like, oh, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Being fucking tired. Yeah. Pregnant. I'm pregnant. Yeah. Um, at 16 weeks, her doctor said it's probably stress and like your pregnancy. Okay. Yeah. They lived in Aberdeenshire. Normal place. Um, September 97. Their cottage catches on fire randomly. Pyro. Um, Malcolm was able to save some of their possessions. But while she's like in distress, he's like, honey, don't worry. We're very well insured. Uh-huh. I'm but sure we are. Her purse and her wallet ended up missing in the fire, 
Um, but months later, she incidentally found her driver's license in his study. Strange. Well, why did he even want that? Put a pin in that. I'll okay. tell you why he wanted it. So they had their son in 98 and they moved back to New Zealand because she's like, I want to be near my family. I have a kid. Yeah. And like, you're not a good partner. And you suck. Um, while they were moving, they put a lot of their stuff in a storage facility, as many people do. In November 98, the facility had a major fire. Oh, my God. <laughs> that raged for days. It was that big. It led to five million pounds in damages. And a little investigation showed that it must have been the workers had left a blowtorch out on the roof. But Malcolm was at the facility mere minutes before the fire broke out. Fuck you, because now they're going to get blamed. Yeah. So he said he wanted to go there to take out his family genealogy documents yeah. um, to show to a friend. Right before... Right before the fire. The one thing that you value you got before mm-hmm. the fire broke out. So, of course, Felicity is watching the news. She sees, oh, my God, our storage unit burnt down. Uh, he says, don't worry, we're heavily insured. And I got our genealogy or my genealogy. He opens a suitcase... He got the wrong suitcase. It was just full of her clothes. Oh, you fucking idiot. But a week- you'll never know where you came from. <laughs> <laughs> a week later, he submitted a 68,000 pound insurance claim. No one was ever arrested for the fire. But I'm sure the workers got fucking fired. Yeah, they're like, we did not do that. Leave a blowtorch out? On? On the roof. That is a tool, an expensive tool we wouldn't leave out. Right, right. That belongs to me. I bought that. Right. So now they're living with her parents while they're searching for a a house. They were intending to pool their money together to buy a house in New Zealand. Like married people. Like married people are want to do. He is intending to sell their cottage in Scotland um, and use the proceeds for their new house. She had about 300,000 pounds and he was supposed to bring in about 300,000 pounds. So together they would have about 600,000 Perfect to buy a home with. Very, a lot of money. A nice little nest egg they got going on. But he says he's having problems with the Scottish bank transferring his funds to New Zealand. He's pulling an Anna Delvey at the wire transfer. He (laughs) keeps dragging this out. By February 1999, the house that they had their eyes on, they were set to buy, was set on fire. (laughs) I can't even believe the frequency at which things like set a flame. You know, knock on wood, I've never experienced a fire. He's had like 500. Yeah, I've never had anything ha- I mean, burn down, knock on wood. Like, think about fire. It happens for sure, but it doesn't happen this often. It just doesn't. It doesn't happen literally five times in a lifetime. No, it doesn't. Okay. Okay. So the house they were planning to buy was set on fire. Someone put paper through the letterbox and set the paper on fire with, like, accelerant on it. Wow. It is not hard to set a fire. No, not if you know how to do it. <laughs> A few days later, a fire breaks out at her parents' home where they are living. Kendall, you're fucking kidding. I'm not kidding. How will that even help him? In the, I, dude. That was for fun? I don't know. In the middle of the night, she w- they're in bed together, obviously. With their son, Edward. They had a son. She wakes up because she hears uh, a fire. And he says, don't worry about it. Go back to sleep. No. But she's like, no. So she gets up. And it looks like a chair in the living room was ablaze. Just a chair wow. in the living room. She can see the source of the fire. Yeah. So her dad starts bringing out buckets of water to like douse the fire. Yeah. And he notes that Malcolm brings over the kettle and is like pouring the little bit of kettle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he's you useless. fucking loser. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I wasn't suspicious of him at this point, but I thought he was a loser. So the deadline to sign on their new house is approaching. And Felicity is like, dude, I'm annoyed with all your like money shit. We have an appointment at the bank. 
to make sure everything's sorted. Sorted. And we're going to the bank. And he says, okay. So they're driving to the bank and he starts complaining that the steering wheel is malfunctioning. Uh He's weaving and dodging all over the road, but he's also picking up speed. Performance of a fucking lifetime. Yeah. To be like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he starts yelling and screaming that the car is out of control. Oh, my God. Yeah. Preparing for that role since childhood. A lifetime, baby. A fucking lifetime. Little shit liar kids turn into shithead <laughs> theater actor killing their wives' men. She said it. <laughs> he yells the car is out of control and that they're heading straight towards a streetlight. So Felicity grabs the reel and is like, it's working yeah and she just turns turns it it. (laughs) yeah and they avoid hitting the pole but they do end up in a ditch yeah you fucking loser you're literally worthless (laughs) (laughs) so they end up in a ditch and he gets out and starts screaming stay in the car no why you blowing it up and goes to the trunk (gasps) but felicity's like fuck no i'm not yeah i'm getting out of the car so she gets out of the car and approaches him and she's like, dude, what the fuck is this? We still, I still need to go to the bank appointment, dude. Like we have to go. And <laughs> yeah. he goes, my chest and fakes a heart attack. Oh, so they my have God. to go to the hospital instead of the bank. I am shocked. They missed their bank appointment. Yeah. This is like him fainting as a child, pretending to faint. Yeah. Now you're pretending to have a fucking heart attack. Yeah. To get out of things you don't want to go to. So she can't find out that you don't have any fucking money, dude. Yeah. I actually, there's no one I actually want to kill more than him. Yeah. She said it. The acting involved. I will fuck you up. Mm Mm-hmm. A week later, February 18th. He's like, oh my God, guys, guess what? The money finally transferred. I have it. We're going on a celebratory picnic. Get everyone dressed. Edward's coming. Let's go. Their son, Edward. Mm. He hands Felicity a water bottle. And that was the last thing she remembered that day. Fuck you. She woke up in their car with her to her phone ringing and ringing and ringing. It's 3 p.m. and she's slumped over in the passenger seat in a remote forest. She sees Malcolm 300 yards away. That far, huh? Pushing Edward in a stroller. And her father was calling and was like, you need to come home right now. And she's like, what the fuck? What? What is it? So she gets out of the car and is like, Malcolm. And he goes ballistic. And he says, what the fuck are you doing awake? You need to be asleep. I was just taking Edward for a walk. And he's like, I don't want to go see your parents. Like, no, let's stay out here. The anger he shows when his little plans don't work is Is very fucking terrifying. Oh my God. You're telling on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing awake? Oh, chilling. Absolutely chilling. I wonder if he was going to blow up the fucking car again. Because her dad calling her maybe um, saved her life. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that. They go to her parents' house because she's like, my dad is desperately needing to see me. Like, we're going. Yeah, why? What did he find out? Her parents call her in and Malcolm gets out of the car and just starts walking. Just doesn't go inside. Just keeps walking. Oh, no. This is like a Vera Farmiga movie. <laughs> her parents tell her that all of her money is gone. <gasps> he had taken all of her money and transferred it into an account in Scotland where only he can access it. And that he had taken out several life insurance policies. I can't imagine finding out that information. How'd they find out? I don't know. I think he was snooping on their computer. Sure, sure, sure. The trunk of the car was filled with gas. Oh my God. Newspaper and wood. Kindling. Kindling. And they believe he was pushing the baby away before he could set the car on fire. Yeah. She woke up in the nick of time. Yeah. He was going to kill you today. I can't even believe that. Her dad's phone call literally saved her life. Yeah, her dad frantically calling her. How do you think you're going to kill your wife in the same fucking way twice? Like, come on. (sighs) He got all her money. Yeah, 100,000 pounds about. 
So she's like, fuck you. Interestingly, after they broke up, Edwards, their son's eczema completely went away. So we don't know if he had been drugging him with something or his eczema was a result of her being drugged her whole pregnancy or Mm -hmm. like what was going on there. Yeah. Her reaction to whatever he was giving him. Mm -hmm. But so she gets her hair tested and it does confirm that she had been drugged basically since their wedding. Um, Kendall. Yeah. Can she do anything legally to him? It was temazepam, which is a benzo. Wow. A sleeping pill kind of thing. Yeah. So that water bottle must have been like chock completely. Yeah. Yeah. Her dad had found emails to real estate agents back in the UK from Malcolm saying, I'm moving back to the UK with my son and I'm looking for some property. He had purchased flights for just him and Edward and had forged life insurance policies by practicing her signature on her driver's license. And that is why he needed he, it. And that's why he needed it. Kendall, imagine finding that out about a loved one, that they're being bamboozled. Mm-hmm. Watching that all come together. Mm-hmm. How fucking terrifying. To know that like we're in the midst of a con man. Mm-hmm. Like we got to stop him. Like he's, she's all, In total, he had 1.5 million pounds for life insurance out on her. He had also been planting seeds with her friends that she was suffering with postpartum depression and that she needed to be supervised 24-7. So By him? By somebody. So maybe setting a potential like stage suicide or... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Felicity is now sure that he had murdered his first wife. Mm-hmm. She had only heard about what happened through him, yeah. but yeah. she's like, uh, it's exactly the way I was about to die. Yeah. So she lost, yeah, over 200,000 pounds in her savings. Wow. He checks into a hotel. She goes to meet him in a parking lot and she's like, confronts him and is like, I know that you tried to kill me. And he says, I gave you a son and a good life. You would have died happy. She's shaken. Yeah, dude. The idea that for him, that felt true. Yeah. That he really, he he really is like, well, what does it matter if people die? Yeah. You you got everything you wanted. She goes to the police, but he had already fled the country. His father had paid his way home. He ended up being banned from the country of New Zealand. And he's fighting to get custody of Edward and his dad is footing that bill. What the fuck? Know your kid. Know that they're fucking rotten. Right. Felicity's sister Jane finds a camcorder that she had bought for Felicity and like looks at what's on it. And there's a video montage of like of like Felicity and her her kid set to funeral music. (gasps) He had everything ready to go. He had had everything ready. I would lose my fucking mind. Yeah. Yeah. It was like somber funeral music. Her dad ends up finding more full gas cans in their house. So in 2000, arrest warrants are issued for Malcolm for arson, attempted murder, and for drugging her. Mm -hmm. But he's out of the country. He sends letters in 2003 accusing her of making wild accusations. But her sister Jane ends up coincidentally meeting a British police officer in 2006 and convinces him to get the ear of Scottish police and start like telling them, like, dude, this guy's living in your country. He tried to kill my sister. Yeah. So they track his address through voter rolls, and he's living in Scotland with a woman named Simone Banerjee, who is independently wealthy. They are engaged, even though he had never gotten an official divorce from Felicity. Simone was a nursing manager who he met at work. He's working in the hospital again. Wow. It's August 2004, and he's working as a nurse. Um, They meet in the fax room. She was faxing her father the details of a 200,000-pound house she wanted to buy. He sees it over her shoulder and is like, oh, I was a real estate agent. He wasn't. She told him that she was buying it outright and that she had a trust fund. Here we go. He was dating another woman at the time, but (laughs) broke up with her. Yeah. 
The other woman he had been dating, his name's Christina. He had habitually borrowed money from her without reimbursing her and told her that he had cancer. What is the illness thing? I have no, that just might be like a fun little add on for him. Mm -hmm. So he's talking to Simone now and he's saying that he had been, he's claiming that he was trapped in the burning car with Claire and was in intensive care and that she had been pregnant when she died. What the fuck? Don't you feel bad for me? Yeah, feel for me. He never mentioned Felicity or his son. Never said that he had been married again or that he had a child. Uh It's Christmas 2005 and she starts feeling bad for him because he tells her he has leukemia. Oh my fucking God, dude. (laughs) He moves in with her. But of course, his chemotherapy appointments were not at the hospital where they both worked. He actually had to fly (laughs) to his chemo appointments. You get chemo a lot with your fucking leukemia. Yeah. What the fuck? So she would pick him up and drop him off at the airport. (laughs) And he would have shaven head, shaven eyebrows, shaven body hair. He would have lost weight. And he had punctured himself with needles to make it look like he had been. All for the name of the gag. Well, while he was away, he was spending time with other women. In Abu Dhabi. In Paris. With our girl, the United States girl, Brenda. Okay, yeah, got it. But he also told Brenda he had cancer because, you know, he was shaved. Yeah, I'm baffled by one. Well, maybe it is like wanting to appear vulnerable. Sympathy, yeah. And yeah. that also people will drop their guard with you if they think that you're kind of a weaker, like right. physically weaker. Yeah. And Simone's like his pregnant wife died and now he has cancer. Like, oh yeah. my God, I have to have a move in, you know? Yeah. I have to like things that make you invest in someone quicker. Mm-hmm. February 2006, Simone had changed her will to leave everything to Malcolm. Simone. <laughs> in September, he had proposed, but authorities are closing in. They had a yacht. Well, she had a yacht. And they had planned to spend their honeymoon participating in a transatlantic race four to five weeks on the open ocean. And Mm. police were like, she's going to die there. there." Boop. She's overboard. So police start investigating into him more and his activity in Scotland. And they find out about a dustbin fire three years ago at the hospital. He had blamed it on a patient, but he was like lauded as a hero for discovering it. Yeah. And had like carried the patient out. They do that. The arsonists are like, I discovered it and saved the town. Yeah. I I put out a fire. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. There's something about fire. Okay. So the police deliver her an Osmond letter, which is basically a letter that they use for like mostly people who are involved in like mobs and gangs to be like, there's a hit out on you. FYI. Um, We have reason to believe that your life is in danger. Okay. They bring it to her and they like read it to her at her work. She doesn't really believe it at first. If the police came to me and told me, like, we've been monitoring the situation, yeah. you should be, like, your life is in danger. Yeah. I wouldn't think they were fucking kidding. Right. But I've never been her. But I've never been her. But they, in the letter, they mentioned Felicity and, like, what had happened to her and, like, the outstanding charges of attempted murder and drugging. Yeah. Um. So she put it in her desk, but she confronted him the next day about Felicity because she's like, are you really, have you been fucking married to another woman? And she's, like, returning her engagement ring to him. But in that moment, when she's confronting him in the kitchen, she's like, I probably shouldn't have confronted him in the kitchen alone. Like, I am feeling kind of unsafe right now. I get that, yeah. He packs up a bag and leaves the house. But before he left, he printed out a document that said he gave up claim to her estate. But the police were still keeping watch over her house. But at this point, she's like, so, I guess, shocked or like such a big change that she ends up booking a hotel room for him. And against the police's advice, her and a friend meet him in a parking lot. He tells her that he loved her and she filled his gas tank for him and hugged him goodbye. She later finds out that once the police look on her yacht, her life jacket had been tampered with. Tampered with. It was uninflatable. 
Was he gonna sink your boat and like only he would float? Perhaps. Holy shit. In 2008, he tried to have himself involuntarily held in Aberdeen by presenting with suicidal ideation. The nurse decided um, he was not genuinely suicidal. So he drives to the south coast of England. He had his brother Ian call Simone and tell her to check her email. And it was basically like a suicide note being like, I had the best time. Like, I'm so sorry for how things ended. I mean, but but taking no responsibility. Yeah. But he did not end his life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he told his family he had lost all his money in investments. Like this is, but he was not a murderer. Like this is all trumped up charges. Yep. So police are still working. They search Simone's house. They find a stolen laptop and an unlicensed gun. But then they also publicly announced they are looking back into Claire's death. He was officially charged at the Aberdeen Sheriff Department in 2009 for the murder of Claire and the attempted murder of Felicity and attempting to bigamously marry Simone because he was not divorced. Yeah. I mean, like, he, it's not like he was like, you can propose to someone before you're divorced. Yeah. It's like, I guess yeah, attempted. Is yeah. Kind they're of funny. like, you had intention. Yeah. I'm just like, anything else stick. <laughs> so the forensic pathologist proved that Claire had, was drugged at the time of her death. Wow. Okay. It came to light that after Claire's death, he began having an affair with a woman at the hospital very shortly after Claire died. She, her name is Geraldine, became suspicious of him when he kept asking if she thought there would be a second autopsy performed on Claire. Uh, And he kept asking her if she knew where Claire's liver samples were being kept in the hospital. Yeah, I'm I'm worried. That's suspicious. I actually can't think of anything more suspicious than that. (laughs) Yeah. Geraldine testified that on two occasions she had gone to voice her suspicions to the consultant pathologist, but had always stopped last minute, which is like whatever you need to say to make yourself feel better. Fine. Sure, sure, sure. But what could you have done? She had already been dead at that point. So the trial begins in February 2011, and it was the longest trial of a single accused person in Scottish history. They alleged that he had been drugging Claire soon after their wedding night and had rendered her completely unconscious the night of the murder. He had dragged her to the car and set it on fire Mm -hmm. and had deliberately prevented her from being rescued by lying about her not being in there. So he took the stand in his own defense, but seemed like resigned to his fate. Like a lot of these guys get like real rambunctious on the stand, but he kind of was like, I didn't kill her, but I did fake the steering wheel breaking with Felicity. That was a fake. He was like, I really didn't want to go to the bank. So, I really don't want to go to the bank. It's like, I didn't want to find, like, maybe I was being shady, like, financially, but I'm not a murderer. Yeah, maybe, like, that idea of, like, if I if I admit to a, a lesser crime, uh-huh. they'll be like, fine, we got uh-huh. him for something. Uh-huh. Um, but he was convicted. Yeah. And sentenced to life in prison on July 5th, 2011, with a minimum sentence of 30 years. And he was removed from the nursing roles. So he reportedly told inmates as soon as he got there that he expects to die in prison and has been described by one inmate as being, quote, really boring. (laughs) (laughs) It was reported in 2011 that he had been attacked. (laughs) In prison. He's yeah. boring. Extra boring. He had reported that he had been attacked by another inmate with a metal pole. Um, following further attacks, he reputedly refused to shower for months on end and Yo. reportedly hired a convicted child molester to act as his bodyguard. Oh my fucking God. Hired him? Yeah, he like pays him with stamps or whatever. <laughs> 
Yeah, he pays them in um, Takis. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Ew, I fucking hate Ew. him. Some of the other guys I've covered are like a little more charismatic. He's yeah. just nasty. I wonder why the women like him initially. I think it would be down to his little sympathy tricks. Sympathy, yeah. Uh, that must be it. And like, what's the deal with killing the randomly three kids? Like, what the fuck was that? What was that? Maybe just like, can I kill? Am I fine with killing? Can I handle it? Or kind of like the fire thing he did later while he was nursing. Uh, uh I'm going to inject them and then save them. Oh. But he like didn't actually get to save them. Yeah. Very rare for a a male black angel of whatever. Angel of death. Black (laughs) Black Dahlia death. Black Dahlia death. Okay. Bye. Um, Feel free to absorb that information and feel free to share it. As where you heard it, tell no one. Goodbye. Goodbye.